morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me this morning, I have Dennis Smith. Dennis, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thank you. I'm uh, excited about today's podcast because we are currently in the season of Lent. Uh, We have some uh, specific days on the church calendar that we're going to be celebrating, things like uh, Palm Sunday, uh, Good Friday, uh, and Easter Sunday. And for those who have maybe not grown up in the church, or maybe those who haven't grown up in a church that celebrates these traditions, um, where did it, these things come from? And why do we put such a specific emphasis on, on Good Friday or Monday, Thursday, or Easter Sunday? Yeah, yes, Jeremy. Those those are interesting questions, and they're they're helpful for us to understand uh, in our American culture, where we tend to actually secularize our calendar, and and uh, even as Christians, uh, we are more impacted by a secular calendar than by the a spiritual calendar. But in the early church, there was the primitive church when the church was basically an illegal group and was persecuted heavily, and then in the time of the Emperor Constantine, when the church was made a legal entity, church leaders began to think through the questions of of how do we structure worship and how do we make it more formal and more consistent, not only from uh, month to month, but from church to church. And there developed a calendar of events, and it was based on the cycles in the life of Christ in the Gospels which were celebrated on an annual basis. And there were two cycles that uh, were developed. The one would, would I would call the Incarnation and Nativity, so that revolves around the birth of Christ. And those uh, celebrations are Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany. And the second was uh, revolving around Christ's death and resurrection, and that would be the Passion Week celebrations, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And then a little later, the attachment of Lent as a preparation for the Passion Week celebrations. Then there were two other separate ones, Pentecost, of course, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then seven days after that was Trinity Sunday. This pretty much became the structure of the church calendar and was practiced every year. Hmm. So church authorities also wanted people to understand Scripture. And remember, um, for most of the history of the church, people did not have copies of the Bible. Number one, there were not a lot of copies of the Bible. It was very difficult to copy the Bible when it was done by hand, and the books were very expensive. Mm -hmm. And number two, a vast number of people did not read. So the worship services were, was also a time when you read Scripture. So there developed lectionary readings, which were readings that were fixed for the calendar that also would take the church through the Bible in one year. Hmm. So for those Christians that were attentive to the celebrations of the church's worship services, they would hear the Bible read in one year. Hmm. Now, later, uh, unfortunately, as with many things in the church, there uh, began to be appended days to celebrate the saints. And along with these saints' days, there were various both feasts and fasts that were attached to that. And as is common in many human things, what started out to be a very good idea ended up becoming very corrupted during the Middle Ages. 
with lots of abuses. And the original intention of focusing on Christ got very distracted. Hmm. So the church in Western Europe uh, took advantage of this and, and kind of distorted it in, in some ways. But what are, what are ways in which uh, the church has continued to celebrate it? Um, are there different sects of the church that celebrate it in different ways? Um, you know, what's healthy, what's not healthy? Maybe you can help us uh, understand those things. Yes, Jeremy, that's a very good question. So at the time of the Reformation, there were various reformers who took different views of how to reform the church. That would be where this starts. So when, it, when looking at the church calendar, there were different views on what to do with it. And there are, uh, there are two dominant views on, in continental Europe that are different from the way the English Christians handle it. So I'll talk first about the continental Christians, which would be the Lutherans and the Continental Reformed Churches. Um, The Lutheran Church looked at a lot of the worship practices of the medieval Catholic Church as not really being completely off-target, but just needing to be purified. And so the Lutheran Church primarily retains much of the church calendar and these earlier practices, with the exception of the Saints' Days, which have been very drastically uh, changed, and also the the original fasting concept that was attached to Lent became very legalistic and works-oriented, and the Lutherans would have changed that dramatically. The Continental Reformed churches, taking John Calvin's approach, was that the only holidays that really should be retained were those that he called dominical, and those are the ones that specifically are attached to Christ himself. So the, the uh, Incarnation and Nativity and the the cross and the resurrection those would be holidays that would be pretty much maintained mm. now with calvin the idea of having a lectionary reading he felt was uh, was not really instructing people in the scriptures the way the scriptures are actually uh, written and that many times the lectionary readings were very weak and so he began to preach verse by verse through book by book, and that eliminated the use of the lectionary-type uh, readings in a lot of those churches, replaced by expositional sermons. When we come to England, there's two different approaches. The Anglican Church is very much like the Lutheran Church, and in the Book of Common Prayer, uh, there is the maintaining of the church calendar and the lectionary. Uh, There was what was called the Act of Uniformity, which was um, a law that was passed that said that every Christian pastor must use the Book of Common Prayer. Hmm. And the Puritans reacted very strongly to this uh, on the basis of freedom of conscience, Hmm. that for for a pastor to preach to his congregation, he had to be free to understand, number one, what the Bible teaches, irrespective of some other constraint and number two, what his congregation needed to hear. And so the Puritan party um, basically eliminated the entirety of the church calendar Hmm. and replaced it with the Christian week. So what is the Christian week? The Christian week starts with the Christian Sabbath, which is Sunday, and the practices of corporate worship, 
and corporate fellowship, corporate prayer, and corporate preaching. And then the remainder of the week is the Christian home, and the Puritans viewed the Christian home as a mini-church. And so families were taught and instructed how to maintain the practices of the corporate church during the week in their family. Hmm. And so it was a weekly cycle rather than a seasonal or yearly cycle, every week culminating with the Sunday worship service. Hmm. In that way, that comes to the United States through Presbyterian, Baptist, and Congregationalist traditions. And so through most of the history of Protestant America, we have not practiced a church calendar in Hmm. in light of that. Hmm. You know, as I as I think through our current contemporary church, we have, you know, the two main holidays, which would be Christmas and Easter, right? And even in the contemporary church, that's that's being distorted, right? Where yes. Christmas is, you know, you have Santa Claus there, you have yes. you have all these different characters, and then Easter, you have the Easter Bunny and these Easter egg hunts, and so. Is there, a, is there a danger from stepping away from the church calendar in that sense? Well, Jeremy, I believe so. I think with most things, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the, the mean of things can be actually very beneficial, but the extremes are not. So okay. in overreacting to the extremes of the medieval Catholic Church, in many cases we've gone the other direction. And as I mentioned before, we know nothing of the Church's calendar, but we certainly know everything about our own secular calendar, which sure. is what you're talking about. Sure. Um, so... I think there is a value um, to the church calendar held in an appropriate manner under the authority of Scripture, and that would be what we would try to do with that. And that would be very much in keeping with what, how Calvin looked at the church calendar, mm-hmm. was there's, there's a good reason to reflect on the life of Christ and what the major events in his life through the year, and follow with him and walk with him through those events— but um, some of the excesses are not only unbiblical, but they're unhelpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dennis, we're halfway through, I think, halfway through the season of Lent. Um, what would be your encouragement for the people who maybe don't celebrate it, don't think about it? Uh, how would you tell them to think about or process this time? Yes, and Lent is one of those seasons that those of us that are uh, Reformed Protestants have a have a difficult time with because of its attachment to uh, fasting and sure. uh, so many practices which have become very legalistic or works oriented. So I think just as we think of the spring as a time of renewal, we as humans need the change of seasons, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, if everything is regular all the time, it's 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 sometimes easy to settle in routines that are meaningless to us. But when there's a change in the routine, we have a refreshment in our routines. And I, I would see Lent that way. I think Lent is a time to look at your Christian life and say, in the light of what's coming at Easter, the celebration of Easter, in the light of that, are there are there bad habits that have encroached in my Christian life that I should focus on ridding myself of? Mm-hmm. And Lent is a good time, I think, just to look at that and prayerfully... Um, with the scriptures in hand and with our church worship in hand, just seek to uh, e- seek a time to really evaluate your life from that perspective. Are there spiritual bad habits I need to be attentive to? Mm-hmm. Let's be attentive to them now. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, those are those are great things to think upon. I, I remember when I f- was first introduced to the season of Lent, it was very, you know, I need to stop doing this for 40 days. I need to, you know, not watch TV for 40 days and all these things. And I, I feel like it was, it was more of a, it's good, but it was also more of a detriment where I'm, if I'm doing this, then I'm in sin, you know, and, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, so it's good to think upon and reflect on, you know, actual sin habits or things that have encroached into my Christian life that I need to uh, stamp out. So, well, thanks, Dennis. Thank you for helping us think through um, the church calendar um, as we approach the Holy Week, as we approach Good Friday and Easter Sunday. These are good things to reflect upon. And I hope, church, that you've been encouraged uh, by the words of Dennis. And uh, as you go through this season of Lent, may you uh, continue to seek Christ wholeheartedly. We love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley.